This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. Yeah, yeah. You know, in January, uh, we started talking about how God, uh, his word for us was new things, that we were going to see new things in our life, that it was time for new things. And one of the very first scriptures Randy read that first Sunday was this in Isaiah chapter 42, verse number nine. It says, behold, the former things have come to pass and new things, God says, I declare. He says, before they spring forth, I tell you of them. In other words, he says, I'm, I'm telling you new things are coming. So you'll be ready for them. Then he says, sing to the Lord a new song, his praise from the ends of the earth. You who go to the sea and all that's in it, you coastlands you inhabitants of them in fact he's saying those of you in madera those of you in fresno those in clovis those in the mountains right he's he's naming all these places all of this this is for all of you he says sing a, a, a new song all of you he said let the wilderness and its cities lift up their voices the villages that Kedar inhabits let the inhabitants of selah sing let them shout from the mountains let them give glory to the lord let them declare his praise says the Lord then will go forth shall go forth like a mighty man he'll stir up his zeal like a man of war he'll cry out yes shout aloud and prevail against his enemies now this was good news to them then because in that time there was such chaos in their life there was such desperation in their life they weren't in a good place they were in a place of frustration a place of turmoil so when God sets out and he says hey listen everything that I've promised uh, and I told you what happened would happen everything that I promised would come to pass has come to pass And I want you to know something. I'm getting ready to do a new thing Have you ever been ready for one year to end and a new one to start? Have you ever been ready for one day to end and one day a new day to start? Maybe you're just ready for this hour to be over so you can get out and go get a bacon cheeseburger I don't know But you're ready for one thing to end so you can step into that something new because that something old just wasn't getting it for you And so God's telling them get get ready. I'm getting ready to do something new. And then in Isaiah 43, verse number 18, he says, listen, don't remember the former things. Don't consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall bring, be, bring forth. Now it'll spring forth. Now it'll spring forth. And this is what we believe here at Celebration, if you're part of any one of our campuses, is this is the day of the new thing. Now, I don't know what your past has looked like. I don't know what yesterday has looked like. I don't know what frustrations or struggles that you're in. God is wanting to do something new in your life. And he shows up to them and he's telling them this. He says, There's, I want to do something new in your life. He says, you got to let go of the past. And we learned in this series of messages in January that in order to step into the new thing, I've got to let go of the old thing. And sometimes that's hard for some people. It's never been super hard for me to let go of old things. I was raised in a house where we moved every single year, sometimes twice a year. When I was very young, before my dad was a pastor, he was a builder, and he'd build a house, we'd move into it, he'd sell it, we'd build another, he'd build another house, we'd move into it. So I never got really attached to anything. But I do know some people who have lived in their house for so long that when they go to sell that house, it may be ran down, broken up, they don't want to let go of that old house because there's so many memories there. And although they have this brand new place to move into, bigger, better, it's like, man, I really like it. I think it's awesome, but can I still keep the old one? Because there's something familiar about the old one. 
A lot of people are stuck in dysfunctional places, broken places. They have the opportunity to walk in wholeness and health and soundness because they know that God's provided that for them. But how do I walk a life free from this depression that I'm just used to? It's not fun. No, it's not fun. Yeah, part of me would like to be free from that, but there's something familiar about it. I know it's dysfunctional, but there's still something familiar about it. It still feels like a, a safe place. So we learned that in order to step into the new, we got to let go of the past. Got to be willing to and want to step into the new. Today we're going to talk about, about this, though. I want to focus on something that was said in the, the first set of verses that I read. You know, God told them, he says, I'm getting ready to do a new thing and it's going to be awesome. Whenever God says he's going to do a new thing, it's always a better thing. God's new is always better. It's always more improved. God wants your life to get better and better. Serving Jesus should make your life better. In fact, I hear people, you know, say, people in the world, they'll say, man, serving God must be hard. The Bible says it's the way of the transgressor. It's the way of the person who doesn't have Christ in their life. That's the hard way. Man, you're going to experience life anyway. Why not experience life with a helper? Why not experience life with Jesus than apart from Jesus? Jesus just always makes your life better. And so he says, I, I've, everything I said I was going to do, I did. Everything that, that I promised I would give you, I gave you. But I'm getting ready to do a new thing. But this is what you're going to have to do. I want you to start celebrating it before it gets here. He says, I want you to start declaring. I want you to start singing. I want you to start shouting. I want you to start talking about it. Because when you expect something good, you start talking about that, right? I mean, if you're driving your, your, your junky old car and I come up and I say, hey, I'm going to give you a brand new car on Friday, you're not going to continue to talk about your junky car. You're going to talk about the great car I'm going to give you on Friday. You're going to be telling people, I'm getting ready to get a car on Friday. It's so awesome. What does it look like? I don't know. She hasn't told me yet, but I bet it's awesome. It's going to be great. I'm so excited about it. You're not going to be complaining about the junky one because you know a new one's coming. So today we're going to be talking about say new, see new. What he's saying here is if you don't start saying something new, you're not going to see the something new. It wasn't until they started saying something new that they started seeing something new. I found out, find out a lot of times we're stuck in our past because our mouth is stuck in our past. We keep saying the same old things over and over, and we won't see something new until we start saying something new. Your words will change things. In Proverbs chapter 18, it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Another version says this. What you say can preserve your life or destroy it. So you must accept the consequences of your words. Don't panic. I know some of you are sweating. I just see it. It says the tongue, in another version, it says the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. So our words, our tongue has the power to create and it also has the power to destroy. Every word that you and I speak is either bringing life to something or death to something. Think about this. Every word that you and I speak, it's either bringing life to something or death to something. Now an old statistic 
was that a woman speaks 23,000 words in a day. A man like 7,000. That's what the old statistic. There's a new one out. The new one out says on average, both speak about 16,000. Now, I think the woman's amount of words went down because she started texting. And the man's actually went up because he's trying to now have to explain his texts. Okay, so now we're about even, all right? So if there's about 16,000 words spoken a day, on average, that we speak, that means if you're awake about 16 hours in a day, we're speaking 1,000 words an hour. 1,000 words an hour. We have 1,000 opportunities. We're either sowing life into something or death into something. Think about so far today. I know some of you just put your head down and like, oh, let's not go there. Sundays when my kids were little um, probably was not the most holy day for us getting to church, right? It's Sunday. Yay, it's awesome. Let's get up. And it seems like that's the day the kids don't want to get up. That's the day they can't find their clothes. That's the day they spill something on themselves. That's the day the dog goes out and poops and comes in with poop on his feet. That's the day that the flat tire happens. That's the day you're, you're angry with each other and blaming each other for the actions of your children. That's the day you're blaming each other because you got gas. No, I didn't go buy the gas. You were supposed to put gas in the car. And so we're arguing you were supposed to, you, you were supposed to be serving today. You should have been here an hour early, right? And you get here and you finally walk in and you dust yourself off and you're, the usher, the greeter's like, Good morning. You're like, hi, God bless you, right? And so all the way to church, man, you're, you already have spoken. I don't know. Think about it. I dare you. Just think real quick. How many life words were they and how many death words were they? Oh, Jesus, help us, right? Listen, there's hope because today we can change all of that. When we're aware that our life, our words will bring life to a situation or death to, to a situation, we can on purpose change the world that we live in. Listen, this is a powerful thing because today we can walk out of this room equipped to see new things in our money, in our bodies, in our relationships, in our marriage, in all of that. It's powerful. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, verse number 2, it talks about how God created this world. It says when, in the beginning, God created heaven and the earth. That's verse one. And then it says, and the earth was formless and empty. Formless and empty means confusion, vanity, and chaos. To me, that kind of sounds like almost the world we live in today, right? That it's formless and empty. There's a lot of chaos and confusion, vanity going on. But I love this because God didn't look at that chaos and start talking about the chaos. Posting Instagram photos with the chaos. Blogging about the chaos. Talking about how the chaos made him feel. Didn't describe the chaos. He spoke into it. It says, it was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Verse number three, it says, and God said... Let there be light. God spoke into the chaos. He wanted to see something new, so he said something new. In the chaos of your world that you live in right now, if you continue to, 
to talk about the chaos, complain about the chaos, describe the chaos, blog the chaos, Instagram the chaos, comment about the chaos, get likes about your chaos. Your chaos will never change. It's not until you start speaking life into that chaos that you'll start seeing the new things that you so desperately need to see. You don't want a sucky marriage. You don't want your kids messed up. You don't want sickness in your body. So instead of talking about it, complaining about it, let's do something. God says here, I have a new thing for you, but you got to start saying new things in order to see the new things. Change doesn't happen by talking about something. It comes by speaking into something. To see new, we have to say new. All throughout the Bible, we see this principle that we see it one time in when God shows up to a man by Abram, he promises Abram new things. He says, I want you to get out of the old thing. Get away from your family. You'll find this in Genesis chapter 12 if you want to go home and read it. He says, I want you to get away from your family because I'm going to do something new with you. I'm going to show you some great things. I'm going to build a nation out of you. So Abram, he's obedient. He steps out to do that. But in the process, God shows up to him again and he says, Abram, we need to change your name. I need you to start saying something new so you can see this new thing. I need you to stop calling yourself what you were and stop calling yourself what I call you. And so he says, I'm going to change your name from Abram to Abraham. Genesis 17, 5, he says, I'm changing your name. It's no longer going to be Abram. You will be called Abraham for you will be the father of of many nations. Abram just meant father. God didn't want him just to name himself and call him father. He wanted him, his name to be called Abraham, the father of many nations. He knew that he had to say something new in order to see that something new. He needed to Abraham to change what he had been saying, change what he had been calling himself in order to see the new. To see the new, you have to say new. Some of us in this room need to do the same thing. We need to stop calling ourselves what we have been calling ourselves. We need to rename ourselves what God has named us. We need to stop calling ourselves loser, fat, incapable. We need to stop calling ourselves alcoholic, addict, child abuser. We need to stop calling ourselves wife beater. We need to stop calling ourselves ex-con. We need to stop calling ourselves uh, uh, these names that, that society has labeled us with that God is no longer calling you. God has never called you loser. He has never called you ugly. He's never called you defeated. God has called you mighty. God has called you strong. And it's time that you, you rename yourself. In order to see new, you have to say new. It's, think about what you've already called yourself this morning. I venture to say y'all looked in a mirror, right? I hope you did. Sometimes that mirror can talk so loud to you. Man, and I, sometimes when I look in that, I feel so young, you know, and I think I'm, you know, my son is caught up to me, you know, like I haven't aged, but he has. He's almost passing me. That's what I think, right? And I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, how'd my mom get there? Or my grandma, you know? It's like, you're, that mirror will talk to you. But you can't let that mirror label you and call you names. You got to call your, oh, no, I'm not that. This is, I am, 
My name is beautiful. My name is strong. My name is smart. You got to rename yourself what God names you. You got to say new in order to see new. You got to say new in order to see new. You got to start saying what God says and what God sees, not what your experience or culture or social media or social status have told you you are. The world's label, those labels are not you. This is who you are. What the word of God says, that's who you are. That is your name. That is your name. And that's what you have to say. You got to say new in order to see new. In Jeremiah, God shows up to Jeremiah and Jeremiah tells this story. He says, God shows up to me and the word of the Lord came to me. He says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before, I for, before you were born, I set you apart and I pointed you as a prophet to the nations. Listen to what Jeremiah says, just like sometimes we do. Ah, sovereign Lord, I said, I don't know how to speak. I'm too young. It says, but the Lord said to me, don't say you're too young. Stop saying that. He goes on to say, listen, I put my words in your mouth. I called you. I appointed you. I'm the one who authorized you. There's some things that we have to stop saying. There's some things that we on purpose have to stop saying. We have to stop saying those old things that we've said about ourselves, those old things that we've believed about ourselves. We have to stop saying that. You know why? God has given us something greater. God is giving us something new. And we have to open up our mouth and connect it with what he is saying about us. James tells us that it's our words that are giving direction to our life. You know, I think sometimes we think, now it's my circumstance. Now it's my, my family. Now it's my social status. That's what's given my direction in my life. It's my education. That's what's given me direction in my life. James says it's our words. James chapter three, verse number three, it says, when we put bits in the mouth of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Take ships as an example. Although they're so large and driven by strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. I like how the message says, it says a bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, like it doesn't matter, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. You know what I love about that verse is a lot of times we think we are where we are because of circumstance. And I can't change my circumstance, so I'm just stuck here. We think, man, I, I, I am where I am because of what's been done to me. And I can't change what's been done to me, so I'm just stuck here. But I think, man, I, I can't change where I'm at because I don't have the money, because of economics. If I, if I made more money, I could be better. If I made more money, I could do better. And so we're stuck there. But this verse says that it's not money that directs your life. It's not the wind blowing at the ship that directs your life because we all experience the wind of life. We all experience circumstances in our life. We all experience things in the natural that we cannot control. But the Bible here t tells us that it, those things do not dictate the outcome of my life or the direction of my life. It says this thing right here in my mouth, the words that I say direct the outcome of my life, which this is excellent news. 
This is excellent news because it doesn't matter what situation you find yourself in today. It doesn't matter how despairing it might be. It doesn't matter how loud the wind is. It doesn't matter how big the waves are. It doesn't matter how dysfunctional your marriage seems to be, how far gone your kids seem to be, how bad physically the doctor's report says it is. It doesn't matter how it looks like in our country, our nation, how bad it seems. Because that's all just storm and outside noise. What gives me direction in my life and determines the outcome is my mouth, the words of my mouth being spoken. And when I connect those words with the word of God, I, I find myself in the new thing with new roads, new access, new resources that get me where I need to go. So how do you get out of the crazy place that you're in? You might find in your life right now, you might think that you are in the middle of chaos. Or maybe you're, you're like, well, my life's really not that bad, but it's kind of boring. God doesn't even want you to live a boring life. He's exciting. He wants you to be having life beyond exciting. Whatever, wherever you are and find your place, what are you going to do this morning to get out of that place? Well, what we're talking about is if you, see, if you say new, you'll see new. In order to see something new, you have to say something new. You know, my life started changing when I learned the importance of words. That I could actually open up my mouth and start declaring the word of God into every situation. And God would always navigate myself back out of that. I always saw God faithful. So here are some natural things that I did when, in financial situations. Some things I stopped saying and some things I started saying. One of the big things in the area of money, one of the things I stopped saying when my kids were little is we can't afford that. We can't afford that. We can't afford that. Why? Because the words were giving direction to my life. And what was I, where were I, where was I taking myself in the area of I can't afford that, I can't afford that. When I realized that God was my provider, that God promised to supply all my needs, that as I am a doer of the word of God, as a tither, God gives me ability to see increase in my life because I'm generous. God is generous to me because I sow seed into the kingdom of God that, that, that money goes and grows and produces a harvest. Then I could say, you know, I'm not going to say we can't afford that. I would say we can't, we're not going to get that right now. But I do know that God supplies all of my needs. There's been plenty of times that I looked at my money. It'd be easy to complain about it. It'd be easy to open my mouth and, and get upset and frustrated. But I knew the power of my words. I was either going to stay in that debt-filled place or I was going to take the word of God and talk myself into the prosperity and the newness, the new things that God has for me. And I did that in the face of deficit by saying, God supplies all my needs. I have more than enough for every good work. I'm generous on every occasion. God blesses me and increases me. Money comes into my hands. God favors me everywhere I go. God stores up and pours out on me. I increase. I always have enough money. And what happens when I do that? I'm speaking words that are directing my life. If you don't like the direction of your life and where you are right now, change the direction. If you don't want to go through Barstow, take another route. 
If you don't want to go a certain way through the mountain, then take the other. There's other ways to get where you're going. Open your mouth and start declaring the truth of the word of God and see God do good things. You know, in my, my relationship with my husband, you know, a lot of times we find ourselves just speaking what is. You know, we'll open our mouth and talk about all the, uh, the dysfunction. You know, he's so la- my husband's so lazy or my wife spends so much money. And we're just talking all the, the negative things. All, you know, you loved her one moment. But now you find all the negative things. Man, this is what I have found to be true. The more I speak life into my marriage, the better my marriage gets. The more I tell my husband how great he is, the greater he gets. Why? Because I'm speaking life into something instead of death into something. Your marriage can be so much greater if you'll just change the words of your mouth. Open your mouth and speak life into that situation. Speak life. You know, there was a time I I grabbed the word and I found Psalms chapter 1. It says, Blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly or stand in the way of sinners, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. So instead of telling my husband all the things he, I didn't like about him and all the things that he was doing wrong, I would declare this out of my mouth all the time. God, I declare Randy doesn't sit in the council of the ungodly or stand in the way of sinners. I declare that, that Randy delights in the law of the Lord. And you know what Randy does? He delights in the law of the Lord. Why? Because I'm directing the life of our family. I'm doing my part by speaking into it instead of just talking about it. Talking about something will not change your situation. It's only speaking life into it. Your life can be transformed today. Same thing with your kids. It's easy to look at your teenagers and go, you know, you're, 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 I have no words, right? You look at your teenagers and you can tell them all the stuff they're doing wrong and all the stuff they're doing negative and, and all of that. And I agree there has to be some discipline and some direction, But you can't touch their heart by speaking death to them. You want your kid to rise to the top, speak life to them. Tell them what you believe them to be. You're smart. You're wise. You walk with integrity and character. You're a great leader. You stand in confidence and boldness. You transform the world. God created you for such a time as this. You're here to stand up for what's right, not to follow the crowd. You don't have to be friends with everybody. Not everybody has to like you. We love you. God loves you. You got great purpose and great destiny. Instead of telling them everything they do wrong. I mean, think about your life. Somebody comes up and tells you everything bad about you. Like, I'm not even going to try. But if they start believing in you and saying good things about you and speaking to the life on the off, I'll knock myself out trying to please you because you believe in me. You speak life to me. I enjoy being with you because you speak life to me. You know, I know even in our nation, it's easy to look at our nation and go, man, it just seems chaotic. And I'm, you know, I, I'm not even talking about who's in the White House or not in the White House. People, as a people, the enemy has been so divisive. It's my prayer and my belief that we as a church would stand up and instead of speaking 
about the chaos and the turmoil, that we would speak life into it. We live in a great nation, a free nation. I'm not saying to speak what you see. I'm speaking what God says. The Bible says, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their own wicked ways, so they wouldn't even have to fix their land, I would heal their land. So instead of us going around trying to fix it, let's just speak life into it, do our part to turn from our wicked ways and let God do his part to heal our land. Let's speak life into every situation around us. You know, I know even today, as we leave this place, with just, the, with just this simple awareness that my life, my words will either bring life or death. Every word I speak, if I just leave with this, every word I speak will speak life or death. My world can change. I believe even in this room, relationships can be restored and healed, whether it's with spouses or parents, children, relatives, maybe at work, maybe old friends. I believe that physical bodies can see health and healing. I believe that financially, I believe that depression leaves. Just by speaking on purpose, life-filled words. And I believe that we're going to see immediate change in so many situations. There'll be some that'll Take time, just like a seed takes a little time to grow. But if you stay diligent to sow seeds of life with your words instead of seeds of death with your words, you'll see your world change. Life-filled words. Let's all bow our heads. Father, I thank you for your word that's true. God, I believe that you're going to help us. God, I believe that you're going to help us see change and to experience the new things you have planned for us because we're going to start saying new things. We're going to say what you say. God, we're going to refuse to see ourselves how we've seen ourselves in the past and say the things that we used to say. We're going to on purpose say life, speak life-giving words. God, into every situation, God, I believe that marriage is in this place. As we speak life to each other, we'll see restoration. God, I believe that homes will be restored and put back together as we start speaking life-giving words instead of words of destruction. God, I believe that we'll see increase in our money. God, debts will be canceled, promotion on jobs because we stop talking about the chaos and about the issue. We start speaking your word and your life into it. God, we believe, Lord, that even in our nation, God, we'll see peace because we're doing our part speaking life into it. God, I declare health and wholeness in our bodies. God, that we speak life, strength, peace, wholeness. God, in every area. God, we give you thanks. We ask for your help. God, set a guard on our lips. God, help us to catch, catch it before we say it. And God, if we're if we happen to say something that brings death or say something that, that brings discouragement to someone, 
May we be quick to change it. That we are life speakers in this place. God, that we say new and we see new. You know, as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, if you have not received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and given him your broken place for his life, God loves you this morning. God doesn't care where you've been. He doesn't care what you've done. He's just glad that your heart is open to him. Bible says if you just call on the Lord, simple. It's just your heart turned towards him. It's not a matter of just saying words. It's a matter of your heart turning towards him. When your heart turns towards him, when you open your mouth and say, Jesus, I need you, he's there. So if you want to receive Jesus this morning, this is what we're all going to do together. We're just all going to pray together and we're just going to say these simple words with our heart turned towards him. Let's just open our mouth and say, Jesus, I need you. Yeah, Jesus, I need you. God, we need your help today. We need you. Live big in us, Jesus. Live big in us, Jesus. Now, Father, I pray, God, that this word continue to grow in our hearts. God, I believe it does. God, I believe that we walk out of this place stronger and healthier. I believe that we walk out of this place more aware of our purpose. God, that we declare life into every situation. We declare life into every personal encounter. God, that we speak life into people. We speak life into our money. We speak life into our children. We speak life into our parents. We speak life into our money. We speak life into our job. God, we speak life into our schools. God, we speak life into the neighbor kids. God, we speak life into everyone we encounter. God, we give you thanks today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.